This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap for the weekend. Yes, it's Saturday the 28th of January 2023. And coming up today, Mark Aflalo's here and we're talking with Joe Devon, the co-founder of Global Accessibility Awareness Day. You're listening to Double Tap, the weekend edition, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Mark Aflalo. Uh, yes, Mark Aflalo is with me today. Hello. It's nice to be back on the weekends. That's twice in one week. Is that, a, is that true? I, I can't keep track anymore. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, it's, it's nice. It's nice to all be back. All I had to do was break Sean's. I mean, all Sean had to do was have an accident. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> you see, you started the show last week by saying, "Oh, come on, what every day, Neil? Ah, you know, it's, it's quite good fun." Um, how are you? How's your week been? I'm I'm doing I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a really insanely busy week. I don't know what it is, but there are certain weeks. In the year that I guess you don't think about it ahead of time, so you schedule things, and then you have to figure out how to make it all work. Uh, and my wife had COVID at the beginning of the week, so I was oh. just kind of running all over the place, making sure that kids got to where they had to go. It's been it's been nuts. It's been a week. Yeah, it's, it's been a felt week. like a week. I, I, I can't believe it. Can you believe it's still January? Um, only for another f- three days. I know, but it's like it feels like it's been here. It feels like we've had an extra January this year. It feels like yeah, you know, January plus. super long. And not, not only that, but wait till February because February is going to go by like that. You're going to be like, <laughs> where did that go? Yeah, I know. Oh, well, and then, of course, we're together. We're actually going to meet again in, in person. February? In February. Oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> we're off that to. so far from now. <laughs> I've got my uh, Julie Andrews costume ready and Amazing. we're off to Austria. Good. I'm going to be one of the Von Trapp children. Excellent. <laughs> if you decided which one, <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, but uh, are you going? Are you going down ahead of time? Uh, so I'm going down. Uh, no, I'm not. I think I'll be there the night before the event starts. I'm one of okay. those people. I'm a, like a in and out type kind of guy. It's well, just I, like I'm... I arrive, I do my thing, I turn up, I perform, and then I leave. Well, I'm normally like that, but you know, when you're going halfway across the world, um, you gotta you gotta make make the best of it. So my wife is joining me for the first part of the trip, and uh, and then I'm. Kicking her home and sending her home on a plane, and I'm going to, you know, be alone for the rest of the trip. But where she she is so excited to go see catacombs. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's like, there's like 300 dead people under a church. I'm like, wow, that seems so exciting. Do I bring a camera, or uh, I don't even know what's appropriate or not. Oh well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done this. I did it in Paris. My wife and I did the Paris catacombs because the catacombs there are pretty much under the entire city. Yeah, exactly. A city of the dead. I haven't done them. Uh, my wife wanted to, but we have this habit of, of saying we want to do things when we get there and realizing, oh, wait, it's like Alcatraz. If you don't schedule it six months ahead of time, <laughs> you're never getting anywhere. So when we went to San Francisco for our honeymoon, um, we ended up, uh, the consolation prize was, there was two. We took a helicopter tour, which was fun, was a good time. Uh, but we took a boat ride around Alcatraz, which was basically just a boat that drives around an island. I mean, oh, there's an island over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and in that process, a bird decided that it would uh, it would do its business on my wife's face. Nice. Um, yeah. And while she was going, oh, so it like it was on her lip. So for, oh, for this point what? forward, we call that call that trip uh, poo lip. Anyhow, <laughs> that's uh, you know what wow. the most exciting part of my week has been. Then I think the most the biggest news in the world that has been this week. It's Go not on. Apple computers. It's not HomePods. Oh. It's not Elon. It is that scientists have developed the first tractor beam. You heard it, a tractor beam. Not just Star Trek anymore, guys. They've actually created a real working tractor beam. Now, there's a catch. Okay? okay. Yes, it can manipulate objects and, and pull them and push them. This is the first time that they have actually created the first tractor beam strong enough to manipulate macroscopic objects. That means you can actually watch it with the naked eye. They've done it before, but you have to use a microscope. So we're getting there. We're getting there. In our uh-huh. lifetime, we will definitely be able to move something the size of a penny. <laughs> it sounds amazing, right? Um, I don't, I must admit, I don't really understand the application here. I don't. I was reading the article what you sent last about? night. When and we're, like, when we're living this? in space and we're we're uh, no longer bound to this planet, and we need to move ships and Borg, and I'm sorry, I'm getting out of out of. Sorry, but I'm not going to do any of that. What are you talking about? I want someone else to do it. 
Yeah, but you want to watch someone do it. You need no, to I don't. Have I don't. Have is, it, is this going to be on TV? I mean, what, is this going to replace Netflix? I, I don't want this. <laughs> okay, well, okay, so maybe not the biggest <laughs> news of the week. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I imagine it's, I imagine it's amazing. I just, you know, I think it's one of those things. I, I'm one of these practical people. I like to know what it can do for me. Okay, I get it. I get like, it. Can I, it can it get a pizza here quicker than a delivery driver can? Then I'm interested. Well, yeah, of course. Why couldn't it? So can a drone. Okay, so here's a question for you. Totally <laughs> off topic now. Um, this is how you put a topic well, in the past. Okay. Have this ever happened to you? You go into um, a store. I, I walked into an Apple store yesterday. My son got an Apple TV for uh, for the holidays. And he plugged in and he was having nothing but problems with it. Like the remote wasn't working. It wasn't pairing with speakers. Lots of problems with it. We did the factory reset and all the updates and stuff. And it just wasn't working. So I, I uh, got the bill and I went into the Apple store. I scheduled the appointment. Had to get a couple of things done at the Apple store. We go there and she's like, okay, well, I have to plug it into the TV and, and make sure that, you know, what you're telling me is happening. And it doesn't happen. Not only does it not happen, it works perfectly. That's just so typical, isn't it? And my son is like sitting there going, I, I swear it was doing it. I'm like, I know, Zach. I was there. I was doing it for me, too. I'm like, here, put this AirPod on. See how far it works. Of course, it works the entire store. Like everything. Everything that was wrong at home was not was working fine at the Apple store. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, maybe it was interference from his big you know, gaming computer. But I'm in the Apple store and they're doing this like on the floor. Right. Yeah. So there's hundreds of computers wirelessly connected and operating around it. So there's no way it could be interference of any shape or form. So we come home and, and he's done the update and now it seems to be working fine. And I don't know if it was the update. I don't know if it needed a better hard reset of some kind. I don't know. But it's just so it's so annoying because you feel like you're going to, OK, they're going to come home and I'm going to have some kind of accomplishment here. And you just go home with the same thing that you think is broken. And they can't do anything because I'm like, oh, so next time I what, I have to fill myself with the problem. She's like, yeah, unfortunately. I'm like, okay. That's really weird, though. I mean, HDMI <sighs> cable, something like that. I mean, no, we try that because, you know, listen, you know, when I go to an Apple store, when I go to a Genius Bar, or I call tech support. It's because I've exhausted all the options that I think they would even tell me to do. Mm. Right. It's it means I need level. I need level one here like I'm, i start with level four that's me i can move up to level three which is me and my son then i go to level two which is basically everything google tells me to do in the world <laughs> and then if i if i can't figure it out and all my friends and all everything's exhausted like that, that's when you go in for tech support like this I, i'm pretty savvy with this stuff i know how to factory reset so, like when i go in with a problem with my phone and i think a lot of people have had phone problems before i even go in I do the factory reset. I do the restore. I reset it up from scratch. I, I do everything. I call the network, have them reset the network. I do everything. And I document it all. And I even sometimes even do a live chat with Apple and, and, and make sure they know that I've done this all. So when I go into the store, all the notes are on the file. So they know, okay, this guy's exhausted everything we're going to tell him to do. Let's just give him a new phone. Let's just swap it out, you know? Yeah. So... It's frustrating when you go into a store and you expect some kind of resolution and you walk out. Now it's it's working, you know. So of course, of course, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Know. I had exactly the same experience. I was in the Apple Store. I think it was this week or last week, and I'd gone in and I was. I mean, I was just really passing time. I was out in town meeting someone, and I thought I'd nip into the store, and I decided to ask the question uh, because you know there's this new feature where you've got Apple's uh, camera, so iPhone continuity camera, which means yeah. you can use the iPhone. Yep as a webcam on your Mac, right? And that's pretty cool. So I go in and I say, hey, you know, do you have any um, like MagSafe mounts that I could, you know, use so I can use the continuity cam feature with my laptop and be able to, you know, with the MacBook, you know, sit the, the iPhone on top? You, you, know they, you know they make this, right? Belkin makes this? I do know they make this, but I want them okay. to tell me because oh, okay. I want to know if there's anything else that I've missed, right? So it's, I, it's funny I you mentioned this because I literally bought one yesterday. And, and I, I don't like giving them an easy ride. So <laughs> clearly, I'm like, you know, is any any thoughts on this? The guy said, "What's continuity cam?" Uh, and I said, "Okay." I said, "So it's a new feature." Oh, I've not heard of that. He said, "Is that a new thing?" And then he proceeds to bring out his phone and Google it. And I'm like, "Okay, you're now distrusting me telling you this. It's a real thing. I'm not making it up." I said, "No, you do actually sell these mounts. I don't think we do." I said, "No, you do." I said, I don't know what you've got. You may have something new. I said, I, I think there's one. And I said, by Belkin. Oh, no, 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 I don't know about that. So he proceeds to go around the store, pointing at various things, showing me MagSafe mounts for, you know, like cars and, 
you know, desk mounts and things, you know, like chargers. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. I need one that, you know, essentially turns the camera. No, we don't do that. So then this, I'm, I'm going to say it, younger member of staff comes over and says, uh, what's, the, what's the issue? What's happening? And he explains and doesn't really explain it very well. And the guy says, oh, yeah, continuity cam. You want the, the Belkin MagSafe mount? I'm like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and he's like, okay, no problem. And the guy, and do you know the thing? At that moment, the right thing to do is go, do you know what? I didn't know about that feature. I'm going to learn about it. The guy just walked away as if, not interested. And I, I thought for Apple, I thought, who, who employed this guy? Because yeah, honestly, that's that was, that's, that that's was poor. bad. <laughs> that was bad. That's bad so, PR, especially when, yeah. I mean, uh, it's not, you imagine it, someone walking in who doesn't know what the feature is, right? Well, the thing is that this is the problem, right? I remember years ago, I always remember, you remember those big box stores like Best Buy and all that you would go into, and, and yeah, they were always known for, I think it's fair to say, not the greatest technical expertise. And I remember going in once, and there was, uh, we have an equivalent, or used to have an equivalent here called PC World. Yeah. And you would go in, and you would, um, you know, at the time, I mean, I remember the days, and you'll remember this, when you would go in, kind of, we're talking 90s here, you'd go in, and the place was just flooded with all kinds of computers, Packard Bell, Compaq, and whoever else. They were all there, all laid out, different options. And, of course, laptops were coming in at that point, so they were, the place was full of those as well. And this couple, an older couple, not old, but an older couple, young kid, going to university, and they were being advised by this spotty teenager on which laptop to buy. And he's basically saying, and it reminds me so much of The Simpsons and the guy who always plays the, the spotty kid in The Simpsons who works in the <laughs> shop. Oh, just buy that one. And uh, it's like the most expensive computer in the store. Is it sad that I know his name, Ralph Wiggins? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and he goes and he goes up and and he's and he goes away to check stock or whatever he goes to do, and I, I walk up to the couple and I'm like, "Excuse me, can I just tell you something? You don't need to buy that. What's he actually doing at university? And he was studying English. I'm like, okay, he doesn't need that. He needs this. This is the absolute. It's like half price. You don't need all those bells and whistles. He's never going to use any of it. And they were over the moon. Of course, he when he came back was raging because I'd interrupted his sale. I am not kidding you, Mark. I get to the door of the store. Manager walks up to me. Do you want a job? Seriously? <laughs> I'm just for a job. I don't want a job. I've got a job. I don't need one. But thank uh... you. But And honestly, I, I, I couldn't be in here. Because actually, in the same day, and at the same trip, I'd asked for, what was that I'd asked for? A USB cable. And the guy gave me a network card. 10 by 100. <laughs> Network uh, and I'm like, that's not a USB cable. And he's going, yes, it is. And I just, I was, I'm out of here. I'm done with this place. Um, it is, it's so annoying. And you know what? You don't have to have a lot of knowledge sometimes just to realize how little knowledge other people have. It's just a job to them. For us, this is not only, is, I mean, it's a career in some ways, but it's also our life. We love tech. We this is what we do. So you know, well, we go into these stores and we're almost looking for the problems. <laughs> Well, the the woman yesterday, she was she was very she was very nice, and she was you know cl clearly she you know younger. She knew what she was talking about, and uh, she's like, "Oh, sorry, it's been a long day." And I'm like, "Don't worry about it. I know the feeling." She goes, "I love my job. I love my job. I love my job." And I'm and under my breath. I'm like, "You get paid enough. You get paid enough. You get paid enough." And you know, I, I think no matter what you're doing, even if you love actually love your job or not, you know, there's always going to be annoyances that are just that, and you're going to be have like have ten hour days. You're going to be like done. Yeah. It's absolutely done, but uh, that's how we yeah, feel. Some people just shouldn't be shouldn't be hired. <laughs> no, I know it is uh, it is wild. Uh, now, listen, coming up a bit later, we're going to be hearing uh, an interview you did with Joe Devon. I was teeing this up yesterday on the show uh, because Joe is a fantastic guy, and you know one of the things that's great about Joe is his knowledge of artificial intelligence and how it intersects with accessibility. And um, it's a really interesting conversation. And I'm getting the impression from what you said, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll listen to the interview and we'll hear what he has to say, but I always get the impression these days that there's a little bit of a downer on a lot of the tech of today. And I don't know if it's just as a general mood at the moment where everything just feels a little bit like either it's not progressing in the way we hoped or you know, because all these companies are laying off so many people, there's just maybe a bit of a mood around innovation and where things are going. But is that the sense you were getting from Joe? Um, I I get he's worried. He's worried about accessibility and the state of accessibility because of the fact, and, and you'll hear him talk about this because of 
the fact that Elon Musk goes into a, a company and and gets rid of the entire accessibility team, and there's not too much grumble about it. Yeah, you know that's that's one of the things that worry him. He's worried that other people are going to look at that and go, "Wait a second, you know, maybe that's a place we can cut." Um, but overall, I think that the the message I think is is a positive one, and it's just interesting to hear his story and to hear his perspective on where accessibility stands right now and also more importantly how how ai is going to play a role in this because it's an exciting part and i bring up you know in the conversation what you're going to hear i bring up the fact you know you and i talk about you know accessibility in terms of mobility like a driverless car mm-hmm. and how it could enable people and how that's something that you you dream of and we talk about that and i bring up that story in itself and he brings a pretty good response to it so uh it was a good conversation, and we're going to have him on TV as well, um, talking about a lot of these these same things in uh, in two three weeks from now. Um, so so do you know stick around today to hear it, and definitely tune into the TV show because we get into some other interesting topics as well. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that TV show to air. I am so looking forward to that one and hearing people's reactions to it. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a fun one. That, just to give you specifically, that's going to be air on February the twenty first. Oh cool, right? Okay. So the other thing, I mean, it's interesting because this has been a. a Another week where we've heard the news, and I don't know if you caught yesterday's show, but we were talking about Envision, the company behind the infamous Envision glasses. And um, they've announced a new subscription model. So it's now going to be from January 2024, people will be asked to pay $200 a year to essentially get latest feature updates on the Envision glasses. Now, just on the Envision glasses... No, hang on. Did you pay anything before? So you didn't pay any, any subscription, but the glasses themselves cost between two and a half and three and a half thousand dollars. Okay. So you paid out your two and a half thousand, or you paid out your three and a half thousand, or maybe you paid a little bit less when you got the deal or whatever it was, and you paid for it. And and some people are saying, well, I paid for it in good faith. I paid for it that I was getting a, a device that I was going to pay the money for, a lot of money. I'll, I'll pay it. It gives me what I want. Now you're asking me to pay $200 a year extra in order to keep up with feature updates. Now, again, and we went into all the detail on this yesterday, there are lots of caveats here. First off, it's an optional thing. You don't have to subscribe. Everything that is on the device that you've paid for already will work and continue to work, and you'll still get the maintenance updates. I've outlined all this on yesterday's show. But I think that for a lot of people, they're seeing this as just another cost. And, of course, we've seen the cost of IRA increase considerably. You know, massively, actually, this year. And um, it does, I mean, it feels like, I mean, I know overall costs go up, but there is a reality and a hidden cost of disability people don't talk about. And they certainly don't talk about enough, if at all. You know, it is more expensive to be disabled. There's no way around it. It just is. Uh, There are so many costs and considerations. And depending on the disability, those costs can increase wildly. You know, depending on, I mean, just just take, for example, someone who's in an electric wheelchair. The cost of power to keep that thing going alone will add considerably to your electricity bill that doesn't affect me. But equally, you know, there might be equipment that I need or someone else needs, or perhaps there's additional requirements like travel or cleaning at home or whatever it might be that you need or washing or whatever it might be that you need, you have to pay for. These are all additional costs. And then when you add on all this other stuff, it's... You can kind of get a sense that no, no wonder there's a bit of a mood of God. Here we go. You know, this is just a bit of a glum year. You know, I mean, the, the cost of everything is going up: food, gas, heating, electricity. Everything is going up, and then all these additional costs come in. And I think a lot of people might feel it's unfair. I, I, my personal take on it, and I did outline this yesterday, is that I think companies have to keep innovating, and I don't think we can expect everything for free. You know, if I pay two and a half thousand dollars for a pair of glasses that give me all these features two years ago, and you know, I'm getting to keep all the new features, and all the new features that come out over the next year, over 2023, will be added on for free. And then in 2024, I'm asked to contribute two hundred dollars a year in order to, you know, allow for further innovation. I'm actually okay with that. Yeah, you know, when the when the subscription model first came out. And I remember one of the first companies that was doing this was Adobe. Because yes. people, and, and, and here's one of the things, and, and you have to understand the landscape of software before this, especially on the, on the Windows side. Mm. Um, the amount of 
shared programs, the amount of uh, hacked programs with, you know, people getting key generators and stuff like that. It was insane. Like it was a, it's a, like a, millions of people around the world were using illegitimate copies of of Adobe Suite and not only them, but I mean, other software as well. I mean, oh, I yeah. think it was it was nuts. So the subscription model, the it was met with such incredible despite, I guess people were just really hating it. And I think Microsoft is one of the ones that made it a little bit more acceptable they 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 started making people realize the benefits of it. Number one, they were offering it, you know, at, a, at a, with Office three sixty five. They they didn't stop giving you the ability to just buy a piece of software if you wanted. That was there, and they lowered the price of that. But they also offered Office three sixty five at a, at a really affordable. I mean, we're talking about seven eight dollars a month. Yeah. Um, if not even cheaper than that, I think you can get in as low as like five dollars a month at the time. And and they were basically showing people, look, this is the update that's coming up now. This is they, they basically showed their roadmap and they said, these are the things that are coming that you will get if you subscribe. And they really laid it on the table. And they think that I think that helped embrace the model around the world. Now, Adobe was different because these are like really expensive software that people spent thousands of dollars buying. And then to suddenly feel like, oh, this is going to be obsolete now in three, four years from now, even though it would have been anyway, because a new version came out. And to suddenly have to pay $50, $60, $70 a month, it was a lot to take in. And a lot of people who were relying on that software that realized, oh, wait a second, this is going to end now. And we're going to have to start budgeting for this. So it was a little bit, I understand the trepidation. I understand why people were up in arms about it. So, but I'm with you. I like the fact that I can, I could pay a couple bucks a month. I can get software that would have cost me thousands of dollars that I don't have to spend now. And I know I'm getting support. I know I'm getting the updates. Yeah, and there's a, fl- there's a flip side to this as well. Look at Microsoft Soundscape, the app, which is, you know, finished, essentially. I mean, it's no longer available for download. If you have it, it's only available for use until June, and then it is essentially switched off, and, and hopefully someone else will pick it up and, and take it and run with it. But I wonder if Microsoft had turned around and said, hey, do you know what? Give us $10 a month or $5 a month, and we can keep this thing going. I think most people in our community would have happily put their hand in their pocket for that. You know, this is the other side of the coin. If you don't allow for the subscription model to come in or you don't you know, give the option, and I'm not saying Microsoft should have. I don't know what the story is behind Soundscape. I don't know why they decided to go away from it. Maybe they didn't want, maybe they just didn't feel it was right to put a subscription model out there. I don't know. I, I, and I, I really hope that wasn't the case because I think they should have offered that. At least then it would have maybe allowed it to continue for a while, if nothing else. I wonder, I wonder if it was a proof of concept. I wonder if it was yeah, possibly, you know, like, a, yeah. like a side project like Google does. Google does a lot of these side projects um, that they drop, you know, that they well, try. Well, this one and came from people... a hackathon. So this was just like a hackathon thing. Seeing yeah. AI was the same. It didn't come from an official kind of like project that Microsoft did. They did a hackathon event. Uh, a couple of developers came up with this idea, and that's how certainly Seeing AI came about, and that is how Soundscape came about. Now, Seeing AI has so far remained stable. Um, I did hear a rumor, and it is a rumor. It's not like a Twitter rumor, so it doesn't mean anything. But you know, it could, there could be something in it where there was a suggestion that they didn't really know how well the community were embracing Soundscape. And I sometimes think this is another problem. We maybe need to shout a bit louder about things when they work. Let's really shout about it because the companies are listening. They are listening. They listen to shows like this. I know they listen to us. They listen to us talk. And if we're not talking about it, and we do here on on Double Tap, we talk about everything, but we, we certainly do praise. And I am very keen to praise companies when they do well in our space because accessibility, as we've seen in 2022, can very quickly be pulled away. And that's something which... I feared 10, 15 years ago happening. I got very excited about the iPhone initially and then thought, yeah, but hang on, what happens when the rug gets pulled on accessibility? See, at that time, I remember thinking, if Steve Jobs dies and the next guy isn't particularly that bothered about accessibility, we're finished. Now, thankfully, it was so ingrained in the, you know, the way that Apple operates and the way it's built that actually... It's embedded now. That's it. It seems to be part of the... But that doesn't mean anything either. It can go. We all thought that accessibility was embedded at Twitter. Look what happened there. And we don't know yet, with all the cuts and layoffs that have happened with Microsoft and Google and other companies, Amazon and all the companies that are laying people off, we don't know if accessibility teams are being affected by that. Yeah. It's 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 a 
I'm trying to stay positive, but it is difficult, you know? It's difficult because there's so much going on. Well, this is, this is you know, this is our job, you know? This is what you and I and, and people like you and I need to start doing, which is just speaking a little bit louder, getting the content out there. And it's important for you guys who are listening and who are, who are watching our shows to be a little bit more vocal. And if, if vocal means just sharing messages and content like this or Joe Devin's conversation or, or just the message, if it's just hitting share, then do it, you know? Yeah. That's the way to do it. You don't have to actually be out there with a big, you know, foam finger on your hand and screaming and yelling on the front lines. Although I There's do, ways... I would like a foam finger. Someone, can, I know can, you can, would. Can we get a branded one? I'd like a double tap. That doesn't sound right. A double tap foam finger. Yeah, I think we'll rethink yeah, about that Yeah, what are you going to do with that one? <laughs> <laughs> That's just for me. Um, right, look, stick around. Joe Devon is going to be talking to us next. Actually talking to Mark, because uh, Mark did the interview this week. So we're going to be hearing from Joe Devon talking to Mark about the subjects, well, many subjects, but including AI and accessibility and how they intersect and lots more. Uh, Joe is, of course, the co-founder of the Global Accessibility Awareness Day project, along with Jenison Assumption. That's been ongoing now for years, well, over 12 years now. It's incredible. Uh, stick around. That interview next on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. We are back. I don't know why I'm the one talking now. Steve just told me. I like it, actually. That's quite nice. I like the way you just intro that. That's good. Well, hang on a second. I used to do this. You know, I I have done this before. This is not too forward to me. Uh, So I had a chance to sit down with uh, Joe Devin, who is one of the co-founders of Global Accessibility Awareness Day with another gentleman by the name of Jenison Asunjan. And um, I wasn't honestly sure, Stephen, what uh, what to expect walking into this conversation. You've had experiences with Joe in the past. I had not. Uh, So we, we wanted to talk all about kind of the role of AI and the role that plays in, of course, accessibility. Of course, we got onto some other tangents. So uh, let's take a listen. Joe, your story um, is obviously a great one. And you guys, you know, you and, and Jenison um, continue to promote the accessibility message really, really well. Um, I, I'm curious where, from your opinion, obviously, where do we stand today when it comes to accessibility on a global stage? That's a great question. Uh, I'd say that things have improved for about a decade. Uh I think GAD definitely helped raise the awareness when it came to accessibility. And then a lot of the companies uh, really took it on and started to do things like release accessible products on Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Um, and, and that somehow seemed to turn the corner a little bit uh, in terms of bringing the culture to realize, hey, we have to pay attention to accessibility. Uh, I, I kind of hesitated when you asked that question for the simple reason that After a decade of improvements, I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on right now. I feel like the whole tech sector is in a bit of trouble uh, because, well, here's the question. What is the reason? I I feel like beyond the economy, you you have the fact that um, Elon Musk took over Twitter, whatever you think of, you know, pros or cons, uh, that doesn't interest me so much as. Uh, folks are following his lead and uh, he let go of the entire accessibility staff at Twitter. He also did these layoffs. So now there's layoffs going across the industry. And a, a lot of that is in the accessibility teams. So I feel like we took a big step back lately. Why do you think he has so much influence? Like people, I, there's, there's two schools of thought when it comes to Elon. Some people think he's completely insane and some people think he's a genius why on earth would anybody, why do you think anybody would follow suit who is sane and understands what accessibility is? Maybe that's the answer. Um, why, would they follow, why would they follow that lead? I, I think that you can't, you can't deny the achievements that he's done. He came in and, and started a space company, and there was no way that that was supposed to succeed. Uh, the same way with Tesla, no way an electric car would succeed. Um, he, he's taken one company after another and, and made it successful. And no matter what people say publicly, I believe that the executives at the tech companies um, see that he did this with, with few employees. So you, you take a look at, at Tesla, the entire AI around that self-driving car, it's a team of 150. 
and there are much larger teams everywhere else. And they were very successful. If you take a look at SpaceX, you had Jeff Bezos had a two-year head start and had a lot more money than Elon did at the time. And uh, SpaceX is an order of magnitude further up than um, than uh, Bezos's company. So, and, and it's funny. Uh, there was a, a friend of mine who was an employee at one of these companies said that. Um, People are are looking at Elon the wrong way. The way that you have to view him is as a VC, so kind of like a VC rather than a CEO. So he'll go in, but he's a value added mm. VC. So he'll go into a company, uh, spend a ton of time there, act as CEO, build a team, and then leave and then focus on his new thing. So he kind of seems like the kind of person that uh, it's the, the latest shiny object. But it's really he's just builds a team and moves on to the next thing and he'll he'll forget about Twitter uh, and move on to something else at some point. But as far as accessibility is concerned, um, he, he you know, there, there, there was a lot of cost to Twitter. And unfortunately, that team uh, lost out by by getting um, by getting <laughs> laid off. And they were a great team. It took so many years for Twitter to get there. And it's, it's a real shame. You know, on the flip side, you look at some of the bigger companies out there, the Microsoft, the Apple, the Googles of the world, and they're not shy about their commitment to accessibility. They put it on center stage at some of their keynotes, some, some better than others. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the weight of those companies being involved and, and putting accessibility on a stage is helping even though in contrast to what, what's happening over Twitter? Uh, I, I think it's helping, but I, I, I think we have to find out how it shakes out. How many of the people that were laid off were, were from the accessibility teams? I know that some of the, the less, you know, high tech companies have definitely been laying off accessibility teams. Uh, I just don't know. Is, did that happen at Google or, or, or uh, Microsoft? I guess they just had a layoff. I'm not sure. I haven't, haven't seen that yet, but... Uh, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I, I, I honestly don't know. Like, I think this is the year where we'll see how serious folks are. I want to go back to, um, uh, you know, when you founded uh, Global Accessibility Awareness Day um, and you're saying, you know, close to a decade later, um, obviously things, obviously people are releasing things on the day. People are actually embracing it. Was, did you ever expect that? Could you have ever expected that to happen, that people actually follow it to that extent? Was that the intention from day one? I, I, I don't know about them releasing products, but it, it was the intention for it to turn into this. And I kind of have this crazy thing that while I'm, I go through like these, uh, I have like all day long inspiration and vision. And, and I just go through this creative uh, uh, points where I come up with these ideas. And that day I wrote it down. And uh, while I was thinking of it, I was like, oh, yeah, this can be a huge success, but we'll have to work really hard and really, you know, do the grassroots work. And then as soon as I, I hit send, uh, I was like, this is never going to happen. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, and had Jenison not seen it, then I no, it w- would never have done this. It was it was just luck to some degree or or as i put it I've, I've often thought about writing a book on how to make a difference and it's combining vision with community if you don't have the community you'll get nowhere but i had started tech uh tech communities or tech meetups in in los angeles when there was none and that really helped empower reaching an audience uh, so it's important somehow to have an audience uh, of of influential people and then uh, then you attach that to a vision, and if you hit product market fit, and you know, if you, to use the VC terms, uh, which I, I think th- this is the big message for me when it came to GAD, is that accessibility hit product market fit. That's the reason it took off. It affects a ton of people, either indirectly or directly, and eventually it will affect everybody because you get older. And well, I, I don't identify as having a disability, but I have clouds in front of my eyes because I'm 55 and that's what happens. And uh, I don't see very well. <laughs> um, you know, you talk about the, the accessibility, you know, community, I think is, it's a very, it's not a big community in terms of vocal numbers, but it's a big community. Um, is there enough weight there in that community? Is there enough vocal people in that community at this stage to, to keep this message going forward and proliferate it more? Or do we need to get more people involved and more people talking? Well, we need to get more people involved. It's never, it's never really enough. 
I think, I think at the end of the day, it's how, what is the messaging and who are you reaching with that messaging? I'm very impressed with what the Valuable 500 is doing, uh, Caroline Carsey. It's incredible. Uh, they just came out of the World Economic Forum with a white paper uh, to include in ESG uh, all kind of metrics and reporting, and they're, they're, taking it, they're, they're making it more serious. Uh, how far that's going to go, I don't know, but I believe that, uh, that, that it's likely to make a big difference. Um, so, so again, it's, it's the messaging. Uh, what we're trying to do at the GAD Foundation is change the culture of digital product development. Um, but I don't know, some days when I started this, everybody in the accessibility space was really depressed and they're like, nothing changes, nothing's ever going to change. Then we had, we had a moment for a decade. Um, but I myself, sometimes you go into companies and you, you, sometimes you wonder, is this PR or is this, is this real? And I think there's some of both, you know, you know, one of the, one of the challenges we have on this show, for example, is, is awareness. It's getting out to the people who will care about the stuff that we're talking about. And I remember having a conversation with somebody in marketing that said the biggest challenge is that because of privacy concerns and because of, you know, you don't want to label people, we're not we don't have those metrics. We don't have the metrics of, OK, I'm blind or I'm disabled or I, you know, we don't have that for me. Therefore, we can't target it. And and that's a good thing and a bad thing, A, because we 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 it's a it's a good thing because we don't want people to profile them, obviously, and use that against them. I get that. Um, but how do you think we could reach that that market? How do we reach that audience without, you know, the negative implications there without having, you know, the, it's like the chicken before the egg type thing, you know? Uh, I think that that it's important to accentuate the positive when you're doing this awareness messaging. Uh, it really turns people off if you if you, pro- you come at it from a negative way, like, oh, this app is really terrible or, you know, it might get a little some degree of press. But I find that the positive I really learned this from Genesis and the positive uh, really inspires people. If you're trying to speak to a coder and you're yelling at them for doing something that messes it up, it doesn't it scares them. It doesn't inspire them. Whereas uh, I'll, I'll, let me give you an example of, of what I talk to designers that just totally opens their eyes and they view it in a whole other way. So I will add a statistic okay. here, here. 15% of males are colorblind. So if you are a designer and you're designing a chat app and you need to have an online offline indicator, you have uh, very often a green for offline and a red for online. But if you're colorblind, it's gray and gray. So the, the rule is that you do not use color to convey information. You can still use those little red and green, but you just have to also say online, offline. It costs you $0 if the designer at the beginning of the process is aware of this and puts it in there. It can cost a lawsuit, millions of dollars, lots of money spent on lawyers, <laughs> lots of reputation. It, it goes on and on. And then when you have to fix it, it costs you a lot more because you've already built everything around this particular uh, UI, UX. And uh, to redo it is just way more expensive. You're creating technical debt. So if you speak the language of the designer, of the product manager, the project manager, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I see. I just need to learn a few basics and and I'll already have a much better product. It's better for my users. And you never know who that person is. Um, and can I yeah. give you one more example? I just think it's awesome. Of course. Uh, and I'm going to try to anonymize it enough so that, you know, nobody can figure out who this is. But uh, we're working on an app once and... Uh, the, the client received a line item in, in the bill that said, uh, accessibility. And he was furious. So he demanded, he, he went right to the developer, demanded that he remove that accessibility feature. So he removed that feature and he didn't want to be charged for it, of course. Then the next day, uh, you know, he hits us up and he says, why is my app broken? And we're like, what, what do you mean it's broken? He's like, well, I, I can't read this. And he was, he's 60 years old. So we go in and we look and he went in to the accessibility settings, not even knowing that he did that to, to allow the fonts to, to be resizable so that he made it larger so that he could see it. And he broke his own app by demanding, but he only broke it for himself or people, you know, of, 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 of our age. Yeah. Uh, by by not, you know not allowing that resizing of the font, and and there you go. No, you don't need accessibility. You don't care about accessibility. You don't want to spend money on accessibility, except that you 
won't be able to use the product unless it's there, right? So you tell that kind of story, it, it takes a different, it, it, it hits your brain differently, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's all about perspective, right? It's a, it's context yeah. and perspective. Uh, let's talk about AI for a second. Um, obviously, before the holidays, ChatGPT um, was just, a, I mean, it's still on fire in terms of a topic. Can AI uh, help the the mission, your mission and the accessibility mission? It can help and it can hurt. Hopefully it'll do more of the helping. And I can go into various examples, but maybe the best one is the AI code assistance. So you've got uh, GitHub Copilot, which sits together with the, the developer as they're coding. And it just writes huge chunks of code for them. Uh, and Andre Karpathy, I probably mispronounced his first name, is uh, headed up uh, AI for, for Tesla. He's one of the best programmers out there right now. And he said that 80% of the code that he writes is really written by Copilot and that it speeds him up considerably. It's just way faster. And now he doesn't see himself as a coder so much as a prompt engineer. So you hear that and you're like, wow, this is massive. Um, but then you have the other side of the equation. I played with it to try and understand uh, how accessible the code it would spit out is. And it wasn't. It, it would, would have been easy for the little bit because I just did HTML. I didn't make it super complicated and it did not spit out accessible HTML unless I said, give me accessible code. Like I put in the comment, make it accessible. Um, and then it was better. Uh, and, and what I see with both chat GPT, with these coding assistants and a lot of the AI that's coming out, it's amazing because you're getting the computer to speak to you like another human, right? So if I'm asking you a question, you can answer me a question. Um, th there was a, a blog post by Stephen Wolfram that pointed out, if you ask chat GPT the distance between two cities, it'll give you the wrong answer. It'll come close, just like... If I ask you between any two cities, you probably won't get that decimal point right. But if you're going to a search engine, you want it right. And it's the same with a coding assistant. You have an average coder, not an excellent coder. And, and they'll need to change that and get it to be high quality coder that pushes out accessible code. Then it will have a massive impact. But until we reach that stage, at least for that product, it'll make it worse. Uh, I, I don't want to ramble too much, but I can keep going on some other uh, AI, how it will help. Yeah, by all means. All right. So there's these avatars that you can create where it'll take your voice, for example. Uh, it'll take samples and then it will now allow you to type words out, type out sentences, type out a script, and it will speak the script in your voice. Uh, there's some that will, I know one that, that I saw at CES will translate it to 40 different languages in your voice. And now you have video that's going to do the same thing. And if you pair the video with the audio and it'll even make your mouth move uh, the, the same way. So if you have, if you're, let's say, Stephen Hawking and you want to do a video, this enables your whole team, assuming that you've got a team, to, to build out a much better workflow for your videos. So you can, Stephen could tell the team what is it that he wants the video to be about. The team can write a script, can have him actually speak out that script and take a look uh, if he likes it or not, and then make the adjustments as needed. And maybe he'll even film parts of it, but it, it allows a whole other experience and really improves that workflow. At the same time, you have people that may struggle with their speech or, or, or others that struggle to understand them. And there are projects out there that are creating synthetic voices to make it easier to understand. There's also uh, the other side of it where it's listening and understanding different kind of speech patterns uh, uh, for people with disabilities. So that's just a couple. There's more, but I'll, I'll <laughs> let you prompt me if you want more. Um, you know, uh, Stephen Scott, he's big on, um, he's excited about driverless cars um, because of the prospect that he, as someone with, with even, you know, diminishing vision every day, could potentially own a vehicle and actually have it take him somewhere. Are there areas like that that you can you can see AI benefiting people with disabilities in that aspect? Absolutely. And there were quite a few uh, at CES. 
Uh, that one is a great one. Personally, I have trouble with color con color contrast when I'm just looking outside. So nighttime driving uh, is not great at all. So I would love that driverless uh, assistant as well. And yeah, you can still step in if there's an emergency. But uh, yeah, I would I would love that. And it also helps with the lanes. That's that's already out there today. Uh, yeah. Then you've got smart hearing aids. Uh, Otacon More is a hearing aid that came out and it helps to understand speech. I wish my dad would have had it when he was alive um, because my dad had uh, trouble distinguishing the M and the N. So a hearing aid like Otacon that has a neural network on the chip, on the device itself, they've got a neural net that understand, that's trying to understand speech. So if they could highlight that a little better, uh, and my dad used to joke that that the audiologist told him that the high tones were very difficult to hear. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, my, I, you know, my, my dad's wife, meaning my mom, uh, spoke in the higher tones. So he couldn't really hear her, <laughs> which upset her. So that's a, a place that can help. There's several of these devices that that use ML, AI to improve uh, hearing. Signia has a face mask mode, which if you're speaking to someone that's wearing a face mask, I myself have lots of trouble hearing. Uh, and it's more, it's an age thing uh, for me. Uh, and when people are wearing a face mask, I just say, what, what, what all the time. So there's hearing aids that will, that are specially attuned to understanding uh, what's going on there. Um, then you've got a product called Sravi, which does lip reading, uh, which is really helpful. Um, my own voice has a synthetic voice, which we've talked about. And then there's L'Oreal released a makeup applicator, which was pretty cool. Uh, and closed caption glasses. Uh, uh, well, actually, that one is probably not really an AI thing when I think about it, but uh, lots of things of that nature. And then, and then there's another thing that I just posted the other day. Um, this fellow was so frustrated by Siri and Alexa. These assistants are just not that good when it come, when it compares to J chat GPT. So he hooked, hooked up, uh, a system where you could speak to chat GPT and it will uh, connect to your home kit and answer you. And it's way better than, than Siri or, or Alexa. Uh, and that obviously uses AI. So there's just a few. Yeah. I saw that. And I want to, I want to try that out. Definitely. Um, you know, you, you just listed so many things from CES this past year. Um, I guess, you know, I know the answer to the question, but I'll, I'll pose it to you. Um, are people talking about accessibility more than ever? Like, I feel like it's just insane. Absolutely. I remember when I was first doing talks, nobody knew what I was talking about. I have to define accessibility. Uh, I remember giving a keynote maybe five years in and I did a whole slide explaining accessibility. And then I was like, nobody seemed that interested. So I said, raise your hand if you've heard of accessibility. And pretty much the whole room did. <laughs> so uh, that, that was already some time ago. And now, you know, maybe non-technical people, but most technical people, they don't need the definition. They know what it is. Uh, they're aware of it. And, and often they've been working on it. I've been disappointed sometimes, though, with people that are that know about it, they understand it. And they're like, I could care less. Just yeah, yeah. Those I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah, we, we try to look at the positive, right? <laughs> which is, which yeah, is, which is yeah. more and more people are talking about it. So does does more and more people talking about accessibility? Does that help? Obviously, your mission at GAD. Absolutely, and and the mission of the foundation is really to change the culture of digital product development. We absolutely need the culture to change because you can say you don't have budget for accessibility, but if your programmer understands accessibility and knows how to code better, they don't need to ask for permission to do it right. And and that's really the key. It's it's going to be hard, but I, I think it's 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 getting better. It, it it'll improve. There's certainly a lot of important people in the right places that that are working on it. So I'm hopeful. May 20th, obviously Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Uh, what kind of things do we have to look forward to this year? So it's actually this year, it's May 18. It's the third Thursday every oh. every oh. year. Uh, so we just try to make it easy for people to do planning. So they know they just need to look at that third Thursday. And it's really the community. This has been a grassroots move, movement right from day one. Uh, we had... 16 cities in the very first year. Uh, it's on, now it's on every single continent. There's hundreds and hundreds of events. 
we're just trying to keep up. <laughs> so uh, I, <laughs> I believe uh, I'm doing something for disability in several universities, um, but they don't typically start telling us what they've got planned until February. So we don't know for sure. Um, there's also some tech companies that have mentioned a little bit of what they're doing, but obviously they, they don't want to talk about it publicly yet. They're still working on it. Uh, but uh, just stay tuned. There, there, there's a ton that's going to gonna come around the corner. Well, we are all over here on Double Tap TV. And uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time to join us. It's, it's, it's so fun to talk to you. We could probably do this for another hour, but, uh, but we all have lives. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Great to hear Joe Devon talking to you there, Mark. He's such an interesting guy, right? He is super. Like, honestly, I did feel like I could talk for an hour with him. Yeah. And this is one of these times where I'm like, you know, maybe we need to have some kind of spinoff of the show. Like, I don't know, Double Tap Lifestyle or Double Tap Talks or something. <laughs> more, more where we could sit down. No, where we have the freedom <laughs> to just kind of sit down and have an hour-long conversation with somebody in a very relaxed environment and really get into these details because, you know, we walk into these interviews sometimes with questions in mind and kind of where we want to go with it. And then they throw a nugget off the top like he did with Elon Musk. I didn't expect that conversation to go that way. And I had to kind of stray from what I was planning on. I had to, I had to dig deeper into that because if you listen to people, they, they, they tend to give you more information than you're actually expecting. And sometimes it goes in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Funnily enough, we've got an interview coming up on Tuesday's show uh, with David Dicta, he's the CEO of the Assistive Technology Industry Association, ATIA. It's a big event that happens every year. Uh, this year, it's in Orlando, Florida. It's also virtual as well, and we're going to be hearing all about it. And I, I caught up with David to talk about the event, and, and that was really the, the crux of it. That's what we were going to focus on. And like you, I had such an interesting conversation with David, and it, it's really interesting. So I hope you enjoy that on Tuesday. That's coming up. Uh, on Monday, we are talking with David Ward from the Echo Tips podcast to learn all about the best ways to utilize your Amazon Echo. Join us for that on Monday. Uh, that is it for us, though, Mark. Have a great weekend. You too. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.